Hi, and welcome to the latest ORX podcast. My name's Steve Bishop, and I'm the Head of Risk Management Programs here at ORX. Today, what we want to talk about is operational risk scenarios, and in particular, what we've learned from our 2021 scenario library. Our scenario library is where a group of subscribers each year anonymously exchange their top scenario information. To help me do that today, I'm joined by uh, Giuseppe Aloy and uh, Robert Ray-Jones. Uh, welcome both. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks very much, Steve. Okay, um, before we, we get into the, the sort of key topic of today's discussion in terms of what we learned from the library, I just wanted to provide everyone with a bit of an overview of what we do to support the scenarios in operational risk here at, at ORX. We have something called ORX Scenarios, and to those that are unfamiliar, that's an ORX service that focuses on the development of extreme yet plausible operational risk event scenarios. These scenarios are seen really as a key tool in the armory of, of any risk manager. They can help with, with risk measurement or quantification and also risk management. On the latter point, we saw scenarios really used significantly during the, the early days of the pandemic particularly to sort of game out the changes that could occur in the risk and control profile of an organization. And then I think more generally, we're also seeing scenarios used to help understand other extreme events, such as perhaps cyber attack, trying to understand what the impact of such a cyber attack might be, how the organization would respond. And I think this is particularly important in areas where a bank or an insurer is not seeing many internal events and this really gives them an opportunity to sort of help create the situation and understand what would occur, how would their controls respond, what actions might they take, etc. So ORX Scenarios has uh, 50 plus subscribers, that's both banks and insurers, and is really focused around a number of sort of key areas. So it, it provides significant amount of peer interaction. So we have a regular working group that's often attended by many of the subscribers. We have an annual forum. We do a lot of work to sort of share learnings across that group. We also look at the collective development of best practice. So, for example, we, we looked at the sort of front-to-back scenario process last year and had over 70 organizations looking at their practices around the scenario process. And we also sort of run a topic deep dives. So that might be developing a handbook that helps you to understand how to create a scenario for something like cyber but we also then deep dive into certain topics. So something we're looking at at the moment is climate risk and what's the impact of that on your scenario portfolio. But coming back to the point I raised at the beginning, the library is very much the backbone of the program. Giuseppe, can you sort of maybe give us a little bit more information on what the library is? Sure. Thanks, Steve. On an annual basis, we do ask our subscribers that both banks and insurers to submit, uh, to share their uh, most material scenarios. So on average, each of them submit between 12 to 18 uh, scenarios, which are eventually used either for risk measurement, so for capital purposes, or for risk management, with the former being the, the primary reason why those scenarios are developed. So we are now counting just over 1,000 scenarios developed by our uh, subscribers. Great, thank you. And, and what sort of information do, do participants share on their scenarios? We try to collect uh, 
the entire output of the scenario process, which include obviously the narrative of the scenario, describing how the risk materialize, which are the cause of the risk and also the impact. We also capture elements such as risk drivers, which are pretty much the key factors that can influence the likelihood or the severity of the scenario itself, and obviously the key financial impact. Cool. Okay. So hopefully that gives everyone uh, listening an overview of what we do in ORX scenarios, but also particularly on on what we do in terms of the the scenario library and that that annual exchange of data. So we we run that that exchange over the summer usually, and what we then do is sort of look at the key trends that we see in that data. So what did we see in in twenty twenty one? I think our analysis highlights that many of the most significant scenarios in the library probably unsurprisingly continue to focus on factors that have driven the largest losses we've seen in in the financial services industry over the last sort of 10 years or so. And I think that's very much linked to the fact that the sort of primary reason that organizations still run scenario analysis is that they're using it to help with risk quantification and risk measurement, albeit, as I mentioned, the risk management sort of uses are are increasing significantly. Those types of sort of common scenarios we see are often associated to maybe conduct risk, which I think is particularly pertinent given some of the losses that the industry saw post the 2008-09 financial crisis. We also see significant scenarios for for technology and common traditional risks like fraud as well. However, we've looked, I think, a lot deeper into the data that that we've seen, particularly focusing on, on the new scenarios that have been exchanged this year, but also the changes to existing scenarios. And what we start to see there are a number of trends And those trends very much link to the work that we do outside of ORX scenarios to look at the current and emerging risk landscape. So just for a little bit of context, at ORX, every sort of six months, we talk to an extensive range of our members about what are the top risks they're facing and why. And then on an annual basis, we also work with the members to understand what are the sort of key emerging risk factors that they are observing. And and all of that information is published and, and some of that's available in summary form on our website. So in terms of what those trends were, the first one we saw was very much the sort of digitalization theme beginning to creep into the scenario portfolio. This is obviously a key focus for the financial services industry, and I think one which we've seen significantly accelerated by the pandemic. We've seen digitalization sort of impacting uh, technology scenarios. Technology is obviously a, a significant focus for, for digitalization, and particularly in terms of sort of change, delivering new channels, etc. And I think technology accounted for around about 16% or so of the new scenarios. And another area where we've seen digitalization begin to influence the scenarios is cyber. Obviously, the threat that we all read about uh, on an almost daily basis in, in the press is increasing. Sophistication of the threat is increasing. Subscribers have reported as well that there's an increased use of digital channels within an organization. And what that does is it increases what they describe as the attack surface area for cyber events. And I think that's something that sort of caused concern. I'm going to turn to to Rob and Giuseppe to help me out and talk about these topics. So, Rob, are you able to share what we observed in relation to technology and cyber? 
Um, I think it'd be good to understand what you saw in terms of digitalization, but also anything else that, that was particularly uh, worthy of note. Yes, thanks, Steve. Um, so there are really several standout findings around um, technology and cyber, and um, we see these both in the library, but also across other Rx outputs, as, as you mentioned. The first really is the the value of data and the potential impact of failing to safeguard confidential customer information. And this really comes across quite clearly in the library. So for example, over 70% of cyber-related data breach scenarios are ranked as high or very high impact. And and here the impact for firms isn't just financial, um, so regulatory fines for the most part, it's, it's also reputational in that stakeholder trust and confidence is also impacted. Another finding that's perhaps worth mentioning is the importance of robust IT change management. Here, typically, scenario storylines will describe uh, failed IT changes that lead to business disruption and cyber attack incidents, which might be caused, for example, by criminals exploiting an undetected vulnerability in a new online banking system, say. And as we saw in the um, RX top risk review from June this year, the pressure to adopt new technology at pace to avoid falling short of competition, especially fintechs, is also increasing. And a related point, and I suppose the third main observation, is the ever-changing cyber threat environment and the significant risk that firms face if they fail to keep up with those changes. So, for example, there's a number of recent scenarios we see in the library around organized and sophisticated cyber attacks, and this very much follows the pattern we've seen in in some of our previous risk landscape papers, um, for example, our top risk survey from 2020 around cyber risk, uh, where we found that the COVID-19 pandemic was drastically changing both the operating environments and the risk profiles of firms. Uh, and one constant here, and it's very much confirmed in the library, is that cyber attacks are becoming more and more frequent and also more and more sophisticated, so that there's a clear sense in which the industry is becoming more and more concerned around the potential impact of not countering the new opportunities that uh, are being created for financial criminals by digitalization. And so one last point is that that concern is very apparent in the fact that financial crime has the highest proportion of high or very high impact scenarios in the library at around 77%. So it's clearly at the forefront of firms thinking. And it's perhaps worth saying also that we're seeing an expanding range of drivers associated with financial crime events like um, AML failings, for example. So typically, we've seen inadequate training, human error, or failed due diligence as the main drivers mentioned by firms in the past. And that's still very much the case. But what you're also likely to see more and more is, is vulnerabilities from digital change as driving factors, whether that's failed IT transitions or third-party vulnerabilities. So that's the overall picture around the the key trends we've seen for technology and cyber, Steve. Cool. Thank you. Very comprehensive. But I think I'd like to also sort of pick up on on one other point. I think we've seen repeatedly in the top risk reviews that you've highlighted their um, sort of ongoing presence of, of third-party risk as well. And I think we see a real connection between the sort of third-party risk 
and the sort of technology, cyber risk, etc. I think we've seen particular discussions around how third parties are being used, particularly to support the development and deployment of new technology and other digital techniques, but also the sort of obvious main other use, which is particularly the sort of increased use of the, the cloud we've seen in financial services in, in recent years. Given that sort of connection between third party risk and, and technology and cyber, do you see the sort of third party aspect reflected in any of the scenarios that you looked at in, in that space? Uh, yes, very much so. Um, so. So this growing concern around technology risk along the supply chain is, is really quite visible, in fact, in the library in specific types of recent events. So, so especially recent instances of data breaches and cyber disruption scenarios that extend to third parties. But obviously, stories in the media are also behind this. What we've seen over the last year or so is that publicly reported events of cyber breaches at third parties are really starting to impact the industry and, and drive their concern. Of course, the most obvious example here is, is the malware attack on SolarWinds at the back end of 2020, which is actually one of the top 10 most viewed RX news stories of 2021 so far. And just one other example is, is the vulnerability around the Microsoft Exchange server that was exploited by hackers earlier this year. So it's these kind of stories that we expect to inform scenarios around digital-related third-party risk in the future. And looking ahead, the likelihood is that the risk will only increase given that firms are becoming uh, more and more reliant on third-party vendors like systemic providers, for, for example, providers of cloud computing. And, and it's worth saying we're seeing this concern around the future in our risk landscape reports more generally. Thank you very much. I'm going to turn to another topic now. And I think this is one that we've heard a lot about over the last sort of 18 months or so. Operational resilience has been a, a sort of key focus in financial services across the globe, in, in fact, wider than, than financial services. But I think we've seen it rise to the fore for a couple of reasons, really. Clearly, and, and obviously, the pandemic has driven a focus with the particular homeworking issues with ongoing operations at th third parties and, and, and a whole raft of other reasons. But at a similar time, we've also seen it become a real key regulatory theme. Um, we've seen the Basel issue principles. We've seen the regulation issued uh, by the Federal Reserve, the PRA in the UK, to name but a few. And I think the one thing that's interesting around operational resilience is this really provides a sort of change in focus for people within the industry. So we see organizations begin to turn their, their focus to accept that in a particularly complex world that they operate in, particularly with things like the increase in, in digital that we've discussed, how complex their third party supply chains are, as, as Rob outlined, as well as the, the ongoing cyber threat has has meant that they've needed to accept, and this is both organisations and regulators, that, that events will happen. The nature of the environment, how interconnected the risks are, it's, it's inevitable that, that organisations will suffer events over time. So the turn in, in focus really is, is to ensure that an organisation is able to respond effectively. So if something goes wrong, what do you do? And that's about both protecting the organisation as well as customers and other stakeholders and it's really required organizations to focus on a number of activities that have included things like understanding what their critical services are, what technology and assets and processes support those critical services, 
understanding the control environment around those, but then also testing or monitoring those, but also then testing their, their critical services and thinking about how they can use scenarios as a core concept to test the types of extreme events that, that could take place. Given this, this sort of use of scenarios in, in operational resilience, have we seen this come in? And I guess I'm going to ask Giuseppe, have we seen changes in the library as a result of operational resilience? Actually, uh, Steve, operational resilience, uh, as you said, is a key industry concern, but is, is covered more implicitly in the scenario library. Uh, the, the library is, um, is collecting operational risk scenarios. So while resilience scenarios tend to, to focus more on testing the, the firm's ability to remain within predefined impact tolerances, especially when they test potential disruption during uh, severe events, we can see how the resilience theme can feed into the operational risk scenario development. Indeed, conversation with a financial institution have highlighted how the resilience process can supplement the operational risk scenario process itself. They say how risk experts do need input from the resilience expert when developing scenarios and also when assessing them and also when developing those activities that are needed to bring operation back online. So uh, we can see how the uh, resilience theme is influencing operational risk scenarios, especially on those scenarios that cover incidents of themes such as earthquakes or adverse weather impacts that uh, threaten the uh, physical safety of the financial institution. or serious cyber attack that might affect the bank or the insurance directly, or even events such as pandemic that force sudden changes to operating model. In a nutshell, we did not see any visible change in the scenario library, but we are witnessing how resilience is influencing operational risk scenarios, and we do expect this to be more evident in the following years. Thanks for that. And, and I think I'd, I'd add in, we spent quite a lot of time talking about this at the, the recent Scenario and Analytics Forum. And, and I think a lot of organizations are still in that stage of, of thinking where they're working out what the sort of work they do on operational risk scenarios means and how that can be used for operational resilience and vice versa. And I think we heard lots of examples of organizations where they're making sure that they're working with colleagues on, on operational resilience, making sure that the risk scenarios are an input to, to the resilience scenarios and, and vice versa. And they're also sharing learning. So I guess it's not a surprise to me. We haven't seen sort of clear patterns in, in the library at the moment, but I would anticipate seeing more developments in that space, particularly in the next 12 months as people make progress with implementing the, the requirement as well. So there's one final area or theme I, I wanted to, to ask about, uh, and I think it's one that we can't ignore. Climate risk is obviously a, a massive issue now and will be and continue to be in, in the future. Given the, the significance of this, and particularly with the known focus there is on considering climate risk in financial services, is there much coverage of this in the library? Partially. Uh, I do say partially because we need to think about climate change on two folds. 
Uh, one is the physical risk and the other is transition risk. Now, in terms of physical risk or more in general, physical security and safety, we can say that how the one out of 10 scenarios submitted by members do look at this kind of themes. Conversations with financial organizations have highlighted how they are now currently working out to reassess physical risk scenarios to incorporate climate change consideration. They say that their current scenario set should suffice to tackle climate change on this aspect, but they are doing some changes in the way those scenarios are assessed to make sure that climate change considerations are incorporated. On the other side, so in the transition risk side, operational risks such as conduct or regulatory compliance, we currently haven't uh, seen any scenario um, developed specifically for this kind of theme. So think about greenwashing, for example. And again, in conversation with members which are currently undergoing uh, within the scenario working group, they say that they are considering building one scenario for this kind of theme, but it, it is something that they consider to, to develop over the next 12 months or so. In, in short, physical security and safety related storyline are considering events and threats that fall outside the immediate safety of office premises or employees like they used to be and focus more on more emerging risk. Uh, we will keep an eye on physical risk uh, scenarios to see whether climate change will be reflected in terms of a change in the likelihood or the severity of those scenarios. And we will also monitor whether we will receive more transition risk scenario coming in over the next cycle or so. Thank you very much. So I think that's the main key themes that we, we sort of talked about in the report that's now available um, on the, the, the member website, www.orx.org. But I think if I was to, to summarise what I've heard, I think we're hearing that digitalization is becoming a key factor in a number of areas of scenarios that that's sort of reflected in particularly in technology and cyber. But I think we have to consider the the third party risk aspect there. So all of the, the interconnected aspects of those risks that we see talked about in our, our top risk reviews are beginning to, to come through. Operational resilience, I think, is a little bit of watch this space. Organizations are still continuing to think about how operational resilience impacts their scenario portfolio. And I think that climate is probably in, in a similar camp that people are beginning to, to make progress with articulating climate risk, what it means to their organization and beginning to assess it, but very much work in progress areas. And, and as you, you've just talked about, sort of key themes of the work that we're doing in, in ORX scenarios at the moment. Before we wrap up, I have one more question. So we've talked about this scenario library, which is the sort of backbone of, of the service as we've described. Giuseppe, do you have any plans to evolve that library at all or are the members asking for any changes in particular to that library? Yes, uh, the library is not static. We do revamp the library every two to three years to make sure that it contains the information most relevant for members. 
the use of scenarios is, is expanding a lot over the last couple of years. And we notice increased focus on risk management. Therefore, from next year, we are going to collect key information that will be useful for, for risk management, such as the scenario cause or uh, the control environment. And by control environment, I mean those controls that need to fail in order for the scenario to materialize or controls affected more in general by the scenario. On top of that, we are also reviewing the benchmark reports. And from next year, subscribers participating uh, the library will be able to compare, to benchmark their scenario portfolio against their peers. This will allow them to understand whether there are any gaps compared to, to their peers in terms of scenarios. But also, they will be able to compare one individual scenario against other scenarios within the same category developed by their peers. And this will allow them to understand whether their assumptions are aligned, whether their financial impact are aligned with their peers. Again, in a nutshell, from next year, uh, more information for risk management and two enhanced uh, benchmark reports. Great. Those benchmark reports will hopefully be particularly useful for, for subscribers. But I think I'm also looking forward to, to, as part of the sort of analysis we're able to undertake on the library next year, being able to sort of get more into particularly the risk drivers and, and the control factors, because I think that'll allow us to provide an even more rich overview of what we're seeing and the trends across across the industry as well. So I think I think that all sounds like good news. Okay, so thank you for, for listening. Um, I'd like to thank Rob and Giuseppe for their contributions today. Thanks a lot, Steve. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much, Steve. And I'd like to remind you again that you can go to our website, orx.org, to find the summary report that includes all of the information we've discussed today. Or if you'd like to know more information about ORX scenarios, that allows you to get in touch with us. And we'd be more than happy to have a conversation either on the details we talked about or more generally around ORX scenarios. Thank you very much.